0: Hello again, my friends. I want to welcome all our listeners in the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones, joining with you again on this Tuesday, March 20th, 2018. And I've got my good friend, Bruce Rawls, back to chat with me today his website is aCImblog.com and you can always reach me at jackie.news. So welcome back Bruce.
1: Thanks Jackie. It's always it's always fun to talk with you and, and remind myself what, what I like to remind myself about. <laughs>
0: See, these reminders are for us, Bruce, right? (laughs) Well, if anybody else benefits so
1: much, the better. That's how
0: I look at it. If there's just one
1: self, then the capitalist selfishness is a a good way to go, right?
0: That's right. That's right. So the teaching is always benefit all. And I I thought it would be fun, again, to kind of uh, touch on the topic of what A Course in Miracles is in relation to, other teachings and Mm -hmm. like approaches um because A Course in Miracles is so unique because um it's only about mind not brain if anyone news tuning in for the first time I always like to announce that this is a spiritual podcast about A Course in Miracles that particular spiritual teaching and so that's what we discuss here and it is very unique. It doesn't say it's better by any means, but it is very unique in what it teaches because its focus on the mind, not brain. Um, its focus isn't on fixing up the world, which is, which it teaches is only a projection of the mind, but rather its focus is on waking us up from our thought, <laughs> from our dream that there is a world. So The Course teaches that the world is a projection of the mind and that we as individuals are part of this projection and that the body only exists in the dream as the hero of the dream as a means to experience separation, which is not our true identity. The Course teaches we are whole, we are innocent, we're at one with our creator in heaven, and we've never left, but we're dreaming that we've left. So how's that for a starter for our uncompromising non-dualistic message, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> that works pretty well for me. Yeah, and it,
1: it's challenging. It's challenging because we we all think that we're these seemingly separate selves, and, and our individuality is this cherished uh, idol that you know whether we're consciously aware of it most of the time or not that we defend with with our imaginary life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. Well said. And to be sure, we we do recognize, and Jesus, the voice of the course, does know that we are having the experience that we're here. So we're not asked to deny that, which I say on this podcast a lot. We are having the experience that we're here. However, the course is teaching it's a false experience, one that we'll wake up from, similar to when we dream at night. We wake up from the dream and where is it? Nowhere, (laughs) because where was it? We made it up. It was in the mind. (laughs) It was gone when we woke up. The course is teaching. We woke up to another dream. Indeed, the course says we spend all our time. All our time is spent in dreaming. So our nocturnal dreams are no different than our, quote, waking dreams here. And so it's just really interesting how we can all remember and, and remind ourselves that we don't deny that we're having this experience, but we learn with our practice and our work with the Course that we deny the ego's interpretation of the world in favor of the Holy Spirit's, which leads us into a gentler dream of forgiveness so we don't go poof and just uh, disappear, right, Bruce?
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, a it's, a very, it's a very gradual process, isn't it, to... To yeah, just look true. at the contents of your mind, uh, and over time, see more and more that the the, the basic premise that we start out with, um, you know, the, re- the reason for wanting to make up a world in the first place was really to uh, hide from a crime we never committed. And uh, you know, if we if we jump <laughs> another jump into the metaphysics of the course, right? Uh, and, and so if if we can. You know, wrap our heads around that idea. Um, it, it gives us an opportunity to see that that we really can afford to just look gently at all the things that go through our mind and and ask ourselves, "Am I feeling peace when I entertain these thoughts?" And it's, it's a yes. really simple uh, sorting out process that that uh, we do with more and more um, gentleness and patience over time and. And I think when we watch uh, the other people in our lives and the, the, you know, the other situations, whether it's, you know, pets or, or the environment or, uh, you know, the global uh, economy or, <laughs> you know, our, right. our, the, our, our, the biology of our bodies or, or whatever the circumstances might be in the world, if we can just recognize that those things are all part of a massive holographic dream that we made up in order to distract our attention from the oneness uh, because of uh, a misunderstanding. That's an innocent misunderstanding. But um, that's not how the egoic self, the seemingly separate self interprets things. And I think that's one of the key ideas that since you suggested this excellent topic of, of you know, how does A Course in Miracles compare and contrast with some of, other, some of the other, shall we say, new age or metaphysical thought systems or, or approaches to, to looking at our lives.
0: Right, right. Well, well said and all that. And I, I think it's so interesting how I've used what I call the spiritual buffet line, you know, trying different things um, to make my life better, right? My mm-hmm. life here uh-huh. in the world, especially in the 90s, I was in the spiritual buffet line. But what I found with all these other approaches, while helpful, and I did use some of these new age approaches um, successfully. Um, But when I didn't, Bruce, I I started questioning in my mind. I'm like, why do some things work for some people and not others? Why do some people (laughs) seem to have this and I don't? Is there something wrong with me that I don't manifest my windfall of money in my 20s? You know, I was like thinking I'm going to be like Jim Carrey and I'm going to manifest, you know, $10 million. And it was only a few years later that i recognized that that was in his script to do that and manifest that so then i was asking myself well how is how is this so and i was doing all these different approaches but you know bruce i they nothing there was no permanent peace no permanent happiness once you know i got something or manifested something there was something else that i either wanted or there was a new problem that came up and I thought I dealt with my last problem so much better, but couldn't deal with this one. Nothing was consistent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and As I, course, I, the course says,
1: that, you know, if we abandon one toy, another can be found, you know, and, or, or, yeah. and, or Shakespeare's, you know, classic phrase, you know, here's metal more attractive, you know, it's like if something loses its luster, we go after something else, you know, there's always this carrot and the stick or, or, uh, if it's, if it's something we think is going to make us happy in the world, um, that, you know, we, it's always <laughs> just a little bit in front of us. Um, right. And, and if it's something we're trying to avoid, there's always another boulder about ready to roll down the hill on the poor Sisyphus who, who, you know, thinks he's, uh, forever at the mercy of this, 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 you know, cruel fate imposed by something outside of himself. But, uh. It ain't so.
0: <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. It's so funny. And I, um, I love that Ken Wapnick's book, um, From Futility to Happiness, where he yeah. uses the myth of Sisyphus to, to um, show that we're all here just like pushing a boulder <laughs> up the mountain and we're going to get there. And it's going to go over to the other side. But guess what? It just comes right back down and we start all over again. Oh, <laughs> I love yeah that book so much I thank you for bringing up that that reference and that's pretty much what I was doing in the 90s although I did know something was going on with the world I I just couldn't put my finger on it I used to tell my mother this I'm like I just can't figure something's going on here (laughs) something just isn't right and then you know lo and behold I found out well the, the world was made as an attack on God. Uh, the world was made to not be right <laughs> and not work and to continually keep us searching in the world, in the dream, instead of waking up from it, going back to the mind and choosing again what our purpose for the world is. And I think this is, there are so many reasons why the Course is different from these other approaches, but I know all the other approaches are about fixing up the dream. And there's nothing wrong with trying to make your life better. That's not what the course is saying. It's just saying it's set up. The world is set up. So if your salvation is in something external to yourself, it'll always be fleeting. It'll never be satisfying. It'll never be complete. It'll never get there. So I think that's a key point for people to understand. It certainly was a great point for me to recognize Oh, it was made from a thought based on separation, sin, guilt, fear, lack, scarcity. So that plays out all the time. And what's the the famous quote, Bruce? The the Course says that the only lack we really need correct is our separation, the belief in our separation from God. It's the only lack. All the rest are symbolic. We just forgot because it's. Unconscious to us, that choice we made long ago, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of the time. Although the more we, the more we practice mindfully looking at what's going on through, our, you know, what's passing through our mind, and not condemning uh, what we find there, uh, you know, yeah. it, 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 and just looking at it without condemnation is we get to see that the the thought system of the The Course in Miracles calls the ego. Uh, it's, it's really just this desolate wasteland that really doesn't promise, you know, it promises a lot, but it doesn't really offer any true doesn't deliver. lasting, it, it, it just doesn't deliver. It's just not effective. <laughs> and you can be very practical about it. And, and, and Jesus course, here, he, he is very pragmatic about it. He, he says, you'll feel better. You know, like Kim Waping points out, he says, you know, he doesn't stoop to, you know, resorting to the, you know, you, you know. Just <laughs> our instinct of wanting to feel better, you know. It's what, nothing wrong with that, really, because if if we feel better, if we are truly at peace, that is not a little gift. Uh, one of the things huh. that that comes to mind when when you mention, um, you know, just the whole topic of, you know, what makes a course in miracles unique. I think what it builds upon in in a wonderful way is the Eastern mysticism of the Orient, which basically, you know, certainly. Hinduism and Buddhism and, and those kinds of approaches, of which I am, you know, a novice at best in terms of my understanding. But my general approach to, you know, talking about those things would be, you know, they, they, there's a lot of recognition in the Orient and you know, the other the other hemisphere, if you will, of um, the idea that the, this world is an illusion. And so yeah. that is, is very fairly, you know, well established. So it's not a new concept. But what of course in miracles adds to it in a really wonderful way, is that that illusion is purposive. And I think Ken Wapnick's commentary on that is just brilliant, where he says, the reason we made it up was because we think that there's some kind of a, a horrible crime that we committed, um, because on some unconscious level, we think we threw God under the bus, that we have you know, blown up perfect oneness, and, and uh, that you know, like a, a, a perfect pane of glass or a sphere or something of of, of unimaginable beauty somehow got shattered like Humpty Dumpty, and we're we feel <laughs> horrible and powerless to do anything about it, and we feel like we're stuck in one of these little minute fragments of glass, looking at all these other fragments and saying how how that happened, what happened there, you know. But but right. it didn't ha- the the, the uh, you know the, the metaphor if you will or the cosmology of course in miracles is that this is a massive dream and. the the fragments that we appear to be in the the physical world are just reflections of a fragmentary idea. And, but the motivation for that idea is uh, the the whole paradigm of sin, guilt, fear that, you know, somebody done somebody wrong song. (laughs)
0: that is The the ego's
1: mantra, whatever, whatever flavor of the day, it seems to be singing to us, but, uh, or in its dirge, uh, but, but that, that whole, um, you know, mournful, uh, message really is is just a fabrication because we forgot that we couldn't possibly damage destroy uh dissect or otherwise hurt the perfect oneness that we all are and share and if since that is true and this is the premise that the course is based on um we need do nothing and again it's always and only about the mind i think that's another key idea that's that's uh, prevalent in Of course in miracles that that uh, often in other systems is diluted or mixed in with uh, needing to do something in the world. And as you pointed out a few moments ago, is that you know there's nothing wrong with doing things in the world, but thinking that that is going to be a causal aspect of our peace is just right. it's just silly. It's just you know it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not that crazy, but just silly crazy. Yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. And you you brought up a, a very important teaching in the course that Jesus always asks us, what is every what is everything for? What is the purpose? And because the Course in Miracles is written within the ego framework, it says so that we can understand it. But the teachings come from a source beyond the ego. And it the purpose of this source is to help us help the mind transcend this ego thought system and the resulting false self that now we believe we are right.
1: Exactly. And, um,
0: it's most of the, these new age teachings, like you were saying are, are geared towards helping us, um, be happier and function better in the dream. Even some of the Eastern traditions, um, recognize that the world is an illusion, but some of them, and I certainly am not an expert on it either, Bruce, um, but some of them still teach that God does interact with the illusion. Right. And of Course in Miracles is saying that God is not even aware of an illusion because what is an illusion? It, it doesn't exist. It was only made up by our mistaken thought. And the course is teaching that God, if God were to acknowledge that, then He would not be perfect love, perfect oneness. And here's a point, and this comes up a lot. It can make people, it can be a little daunting when you think, "Wait, God doesn't know I'm here."
1: <laughs> a <laughs> little,
0: yeah. It's, 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 yeah, a little. That's it's, a cosmic
1: understatement, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an understatement. It's so daunting. <laughs> But then with continued work with the Course and understanding it and practicing, which is what we'll get to, too, in this podcast, practicing is the key, you start to realize you never left God, not not you as the body, but you as perfect oneness, perfect spirit. And it's, you really understand you're progressing when, with the Course when you're glad that God doesn't know you're here because you know you're, mm-hmm. you're you're waking up to who you really are. But that doesn't mean we don't have the Holy Spirit. The Course calls the Holy Spirit the memory of our home uh, with God to help us find our way back. But purpose is everything. The purpose of the ego thought system is to keep us mindless to keep us believing we're a body so we never get off the wheel you know we never (laughs) we never wake up whereas the holy spirit's purpose uh for the world and everything is to use the things we made all the images and situations as our classroom to get us home so we're really just living under a different set of principles with the course we're doing normal lives normal activities but we just start to look at everything differently, don't we?
1: hmm Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned getting off the wheel, I was I was picturing a merry-go-round. And I and I was uh, thinking back to reading in, in uh, your brother-in-law Gary Bernard's one uh, of his books how Art and his Persa, his teachers. Uh, uh, I I'm not sure if it was never Gary's comment about it, it being an unmerry go round which is the ego, that, yes. you know. Strategy. And I thought oh, that's, that's a very apt, you know, and I, th- I think that's another, another aspect that ties in really nicely to the uniqueness of of Course in Miracles non-dual, pure non-dual metaphysics, and that is that, you know, the, the goal is not to make a happier, better dream. The goal is to recognize that, that um, you know, as you pointed out earlier, um, we can actually wake up from the dream, and we don't we even know what that means. But right. there's there's a, an calling you know inner calling that we're drawn to. And if you're listening to this program right now, it's, it's probably a good you know likelihood that, that you you're motivated to figure out what that is, just as as you know Jack and I are uh, right. to to understand. Well, why why would I be drawn to this? Well, I think it's because on a, on a profoundly deep level, we all know uh, that there is something more to this this world that that doesn't meet the eye and doesn't meet any of the other senses for that matter. But, but we have to kind of come to this point and each each in their own time. And that's why patience and, and tolerance is so important. Uh, th- where we recognize that, you know, this world really isn't cutting it for us. And, uh, and I, I like Susan Dugan's, uh, I, I, I'm sure she, I'm pretty sure she got this somewhere else, but uh, I, I, I heard it from her a few years ago and I've kind of adopted it as, you know, you can kind of imagine Holy Spirit or, or your kindness teacher asking, well, how's that that uh, thought system of e- the ego working out for you? You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and if we can if we can honestly assess that it's not so great, um, then we will be motivated to discipline our minds and to to just notice more and more frequently that that choosing uh, the orientation where it's all about me, it's it's every person for themselves, and and uh, you know. that it's really the opposite of a thought system of shared interest. Really doesn't make us happy. Right. And, it it and
0: really doesn't.
1: Yeah, and and, and it, it doesn't mean that we have to go out and join every philanthropic uh, thing that comes along, or or be involved in in lots of activities and, and altruism uh, and, and the, on the world of form, or be involved in every every uh, you know crusade or campaign or or worthy cause uh, that that happens to cross our path, but. But it does mean that if we can hold the idea that we would want the best for everyone and everything uh, and then be willing to question when we're, we find exceptions to that. And I think that's another key thing that Ken that, Wapnick uh, uh, points out beautifully in a lot of his work is, is that if we make any exceptions, it's completely inclusive, this thought system that, that uh, of course, Miracle's. Uh, suggest that if we leave anyone out, that's uh, basically an indication that we want to leave ourselves out too. Because in pure non-duality, there isn't anybody else uh, it, ultimately. So, so if we leave any seeming part of one one out, then we're leaving part of ourself out, and that um, you know shatters the the perfect glass again, so to speak. <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly. You know, you mentioned uh, my brother-in-law, Gary, and um, uh, this past weekend, my husband, Mark, and I went to Gary and my sister Cindy's workshop
1: uh, yeah. down in
0: Dana Point, California, uh-huh. and, you know, they did a little bit longer of a Q&A this time than, than uh-huh. sometimes they do, and boy, there were a lot of great questions and it's so interesting if you're listening to this even if you're a seasoned student of the course and you're listening to this but especially if you're newer every every once in a while every week I'll get someone that says, "Oh my gosh, I just tuned into your podcast or something, you know." And um um but there were so many um really really good questions. But one of the things that that we pointed out and we were discussing in the breaks was that all of our questions we have to remember that of course they're coming from within the dream. Like we're Mm -hmm. still, we're still asking them as, you know, as we should and as, as we normally do. But it's, it's, it's very interesting to try to say, but, but, but we're here, but, but how did we get here? But how, how, how could this have happened? You know, if, if, if God is perfect oneness and, and something came up about interacting with, with, the dream, does the Holy Spirit do things in the world and everything? And we're like, no, the Holy Spirit is in the mind, right? <laughs> so there's the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything in a world that's not there. The world is in your mind, you know, and really deep things. And then Gary said something, you know, he said he's been noticing over the years traveling now for well over a decade. More and more people are ready to wake up. It doesn't have to be the course, but we're just, This is a show about that, but but he's noticed more and more people are waking up. They're asking the big questions, but they're willing to ask. They're willing to look at their judgments. And you mentioned condemnation earlier, Bruce. We don't want to condemn people. And uh, for the listeners, um, judgment in A Course in Miracles is condemnation. It's looking on the differences and judging the differences between people. Some people are more this or more that. Some people are deserving of our forgiveness. Others aren't, you know. We have all these different things going on. And it just was a really, it got really deep in a kind of a profound Q&A. And it just was really inspiring because I think a lot of people are Are really ready to look within. They want to know. They want to know what the heck is going on with the insanity, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of times those questions, and and I'm sure you have asked those over the years too, and I certainly have. You know, the the, the, the cosmic whys. And I think if we can look back on some of those questions, we can see how, uh, looking honestly at at the motivation for some of those, uh, and more and more (laughs) as a percentage every time. Is, right. is oftentimes just, a, it's really a statement posing as a question. It really basically yeah. is saying, I want to it defend is. this separate self because this, this you know, uh, misery that I call personhood is really important to me. I don't know why, but I, I think that I'm going to get some kind of mileage out of it. So, I mean, of course, we would never think of it that way. But that's, that's in essence, what we're doing is we're, we're basically posing as a question. The question is really a masquerade or disguise for a statement that's designed to to keep us from really asking the the <laughs> you know the, the more fundamental questions of of, of c- c- can I really choose against the thought system of the ego which is which is really and the answer of course is yeah in fact that's the only thought system there is <laughs> the only one to dream <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 given that you know. But that's part of the pure non-duality that I think is real important. I was also going to mention, when you mentioned this topic, I was thinking, um, certainly of Course in Miracles itself, uh, all the work that Ken Wapnick has done and, and the, the folks there at the Foundation for A Course in Miracles, um, but certainly Gary's uh, three books and now his fourth one, I think, do a wonderful job
0: of wow. um,
1: talking yeah. about the progression of the, the different, not just in our era, where we have, the, the, like you could say, the metaphysical buffet line, which i certainly participated in as much as the next person. Um, but you know, going back in time, uh, to some of the lifetimes that Jesus and Buddha share that are covered in Gary's fourth book, which I think are fascinating as well as very enlightening. It is a reminder yeah. that, you know, we're on the same boat. They, they had lifetimes where they were involved with Shintoism and, and, Taoism uh, and Buddhism and Hinduism and yes. they follow Plato and, uh, Uh, And and in each one of those, I like how Gary and his teachers remind us that they politely took what they could learn from that, but always wanting the deeper understanding to reach the pure non-dual awareness.
0: And and that really is, I
1: think, what we're all wanting to to do is to to go beyond the, well, okay, I'll put a Band-Aid on the dream and hope that satisfies me for a while. It it never will. I mean, (laughs) uh, this this morning I, I, I attend a an online class with uh, Lynn Corona and, and Tim Wise um, Tuesdays yes. and Thursdays. And and, uh, and one of the, the, the comments this morning was, it was about uh, a, another favorite section in the text of A Course in Miracles, which is the real alternative. And, you know, that, yeah. that's one where it just kind of like, do you really want to try every single po- possible permutation of this dream until you <laughs> decide that, you know, that might be something better and, and I think if we're honest with ourselves, we have to say, well, maybe not. You know, maybe, maybe I could actually learn to generalize and see that the things that didn't work for me in one area, uh, if they're coming from the same motivation, the same thought system, the same unconscious sin, guilt, fear paradigm, I'm going to get the same mediocre, unsatisfying result. So why, you know, why continue beating myself up if I don't have to?
0: Yes, And, and it's about it's
1: about saving time, which is another thing that you put in your. Your, our email correspondence about what we talked about today, which I think is really important too, that it, that it really is you know a way of saving time. Oh, one more one more thought before we we leave uh, Gary's book. Unless you have comments on that, is I'm also reading um, one that uh, Ken Wapnick wrote um, called "Love Does Not Condemn." I've just really barely gotten yes. into. Yes, I have We have the, it. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about Gnosticism, Christianity, Platonism, and then of mm-hmm. course, of course, miracles. And compares and contrasts those, and in a more scholarly, it's probably the most scholarly book of his that I've run across. But it's, but it's very interesting if if that's something you, you find drawn to. Uh, I I would personally recommend Gary's fourth book first, and probably his first three before reading the fourth. But but the fourth is kind of a nice standalone book actually. Um, Boy, but uh, yeah. if you if you've read uh, all four of those, you might find Kim's uh, book on love does not condemn. Uh, of interest, and that's also available from Foundation for Course in Miracles or FACIM.org. i plug for
0: that. Awesome, great suggestions, and I will mention Gary's book again. Again, people find this podcast, and then sometimes they'll say, "Oh, I listened to 20 of your episodes in one week." You know, so if anybody's so if anybody's <laughs> new, huh? there I've got some. I got some really dedicated uh, listeners. Thanks, oh, thank that's you great. Guys. That's great. I'm glad yeah, it's helpful. Well. But, you know, sometimes when people find something, I know when I find something I like, then I'll go, oh, let me listen to more of that, you know, or whatever. I do the same. um, what my point in saying that was, is that that's why sometimes I repeat and everything. Sometimes this might be the first podcast that people listen to, the Mm -hmm. one today. So I just wanted to say that Bruce is talking about um, my brother-in-law, Gary Renard, and he wrote The Disappearance of the Universe was the first book. Um, Your Immortal Reality was the second. Love Has Forgotten No One was the third. And that's considered a trilogy. And then his fourth book, The Lifetimes When Jesus and Buddha Knew Each Other, A History of Mighty Companions. All four of those books, like Bruce said, are are just amazing. And I read The Disappearance of the Universe before he was my brother-in-law. <laughs> and I can <laughs> honest, honestly say <laughs> that, that, that DU changed my... In, it was the last thing I needed to understand the purely non-dualistic message of the course, and not only that, but on how to practice it better, and he led me deeper into Ken Wapnick's teachings, which are uh, um, his prolific work and teachings of the course so um that's what bruce was was talking about it is so wonderful and i um i do highly recommend all those books if anybody is listening that 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 haven't read them and of course all ken wapnick's teachings but gary his style um, is helpful to a lot of people in getting into what the course is saying the the way he teaches and weaves stories in and out and and talking about forgiveness and what it really is and i'll even share an example of what you know happened to me today the ego guys it it can be anything that comes up that disturbs your peace now for example for me what came up before the podcast I sat down. This is like episode 76 or something like that, okay? And I've been practicing this thought system. I don't even know. I first found A Course in Miracles in 99, read DU in 2004, and has been faithful ever since. So however long that is. And still, I sat down today, Bruce, and I got in a panic. I said, gosh, I'm not sure if I'm prepared. If you guys saw my desk, I've got the two printouts, Bruce, that you kind of sent me. You said, oh, maybe this would be good to tie in. I have my own printouts of outlines of what I'm going to say. I have the glossary for the course, the course book. I have, like, you'd laugh and you'd say, oh, she's in Mark. My husband always jokes and says, you're like overprepared. But the reason I'm sharing this example is that's how fear showed up for me today in the most unexpected way. But what I did was I remembered I was dreaming. I said, I am having a dream that I'm not prepared for this podcast. I remember... That this is the way the ego is trying to convince me that I'm going to fail today or I'm not going to be good. People aren't going to like the show. You know, all those thoughts, whatever it is. Oh, she's not on her game. I'm just trying to give people a real example of these thoughts that come into my mind. And everybody has their own forgiveness opportunities. But this was one of mine. And then once I did those thoughts in the mind, I just remembered. Sometimes I don't have to go through all the thoughts. But this time I did, I sat down, I just smiled. I had hot water with lemon right here next to me. I took a sip and it was over just like that. I had forgiven it. And so my, the point I'm trying to make is it just can be anything that comes up. And for me, it was just this fear of, oh, my gosh, I, I'm not going to give the people what they want. I'm ill-prepared, you know. I, it's just, it, was, it was so crazy. But I did the thoughts in my mind and I took myself back to remember what this was really for and that the ego was using this seeming body, Jackie, that I'm identifying with is using this podcast, this idea that somehow I deserve punishment that because I'm not prepared, you know, and it was just so funny. But in the past, Bruce, that would have been especially in my 20s when I was much more self-conscious. Um, I would have been, it would have taken me a while to get over it and I probably would have come on the air, um, and jitters and had to work through it. So I want to let people know for you can forgive and feel better in an instant and laugh at the silliness. And I also want to make a point real quick. Even if I wasn't prepared, it would have been okay. <laughs> I have my sidekick Bruce here. I can certainly talk and give examples till the cows come home, but that's how the ego tricks us. Isn't that right? And so, anyway, I just wanted to share that, that it doesn't have to be forgiving a serious illness, although that is definitely a hard thing to forgive. But what we want to do is practice thinking correctly with the Holy Spirit, shifting the teacher in our mind whenever any type of dis-ease or upset or depression or anxiety comes up. When we practice with the little things and just generalize everything because in an illusions and illusions and illusion, it does make it easier when the big things come. Do you find that too, Bruce?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything you said was very well said and, and, and right on, right on. <laughs> because, you know, it, 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 again, it's, it's what identity would be concerned about messing up. Uh, right. You know, I, 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 I couldn't help but laughing just, you know, the, the choice of words was, was kind of fun, actually, because, you know, you talk about not being on your game. And I was thinking, well, that actually could be a good thing because, I mean, and it's right. sort of amusing literal literal way is that the ego is really the only one that plays games it, right. it, it, because it, it doesn't point. it doesn't know how what about reality so it has to make stuff up and <laughs> and so great. so if, if, if you're not on your game that actually could be a positive thing That's, that's a great. <laughs> but, that's what a it great did remind point. me of and i'll oh, share something that that you know uh, that i've been working through uh, over the years and that is you know the, Feeling of inadequacy or not not being good enough, and that came up right. um, a few weeks ago when when our cat was really ill, and I and I started That's going right. down a, down this path of oh well, gee, you know, what if what if I'm letting down you know this family member who's you know kind of thing, of, and then and yeah. then, you know it, it, she she this wonderful little uh, female cat has recovered nicely and and uh, she's, she's so not, glad back to her normal self, but but you know those things can trigger um this reservoir uh, really of this oceanic uh in, inadequacy that really is the ego's only self concept because how can yeah. anything that's less than the, the perfection that we truly are fulfill us or be adequate it, it can't um right. another another uh, you know nocturnal dream that i used to have and still occasionally once in a while I have something akin to this um i used to have the you know recurring dream where It was like you know two or three. I think this is fairly common. Two or three weeks before the end of the quarter or the semester, and I I actually had been enrolled in a math class or some other kind of class, and and just realized, oh, I hadn't done any of the homework or taken any of the tests, (laughs) and it's like this sort of (laughs) panic. But I think I think to me the symbolism of that is, oh, I know that I could be learning, or or paying attention to uh, a curriculum that's going on that I on some level or another signed up for. But, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to fail. But, there's, but in truth, there's no way we could possibly fail. And I think once we tap into that, the, the true reservoir of, of, of the strength that our inner kindness teacher, uh, a.k.a. Holy Spirit, the, the, the jargon, the Course in Miracles uses, uh, represents, um, then we, we don't have to be concerned about, uh, you know, being adequately prepared. And, and even if we just show up and... and and, you know, trust that process, we will have what we need. So not, not that it, of course, doesn't help to have things to, to share available and so forth. But, uh, um, you know, we, we really do have an infinite reservoir to draw from. And uh, and it's not about fixing the dream anyway. It's really about sharing from the heart what, what you know, we really are and uh, what everyone else really is. And we're all that together. So we're all on the same boat, huh?
0: Yes, well said. We sure are uh, in the same boat, and it brings up a quote that you and I both uh, really like—Philo or Plato: "The um, be kind, for everyone is fighting a hard battle." I, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm paraphrasing or saying that right, but and it's yeah. so true. And when we when we think in terms of that. No one in their right mind would come here, the Course says, because we would never leave the love and perfection. And so everybody who walks, quote, the world is in fear because <laughs> the, the, the body is also a projection of the thought system of fear. And so we really can know that everyone's fighting a hard battle and it goes to that idea of really joining in our shared interest of waking up and going home instead of all, you know, being in this specialness and differences. And, you know, we have um, separate interests all the time. Yes, on the level of form, meaning the world, we do have separate careers and families and, and those things. But that's part of the dream. And we can do forgiveness and practice in, in any role, At any time, at any place, we can practice true forgiveness, which is the miracle, which is shifting teachers in our mind, recognizing that what our brother has done to us, or what we think, rather, they've done to us or we've done to someone, has not really occurred because what we're seeing is not true. We are just seeing a false self, a false perception of ourselves And we can remember that we really are dreaming this dream. So we forgive our projected images. Those might be our bosses, our loved ones. The projected image we forgive might be ourselves. But then we take the next step and we forgive ourselves for dreaming those projected images. And what's so helpful and why the course is also so unique, I've never seen anything like it, is because Jesus doesn't leave us hanging once we do that. He gives us a thought system to replace the ego thought system and our false self with the Holy Spirit's thought system. So we then, after we do our first couple steps of forgiveness, then we choose the Holy Spirit's strength, trust his strength in that thought system. So back to our our idea of purpose Bruce we, we do have a purpose here now mm-hmm. right yep. so it's, it's just it's lovely final yeah, thoughts Bruce uh, yeah one quick over. one
1: and that, that crossed my mind and something you said triggered it and, and that was um, how of course in miracles has such depth that no matter where you're at in the process of undoing your identification with ego uh, there is something that and, and having studied this for <laughs> since the mid 80s off and on you know every time I come back to it and read you know reread a lesson or a part of the text or the, or the manual or or the supplements it, it's just an it's just an amazingly profound deep work because there's an awareness that is behind the words that speaks mm, to us mm-hmm. that that really is I, I've never seen anything like it I really haven't and and, and I think that that you know that the other teachers we, we mentioned, uh, your brother-in-law, Gary and, and Ken Wapnick, you know, two stellar examples, you know, certainly uh, resonate with that beautifully. Uh, the course itself is just an amazing uh, uh, spiritual uh, masterpiece. And, and uh, you know, if, if you have the least inclination, if you're new to this, um, you know, try going beyond the the jargon, which comes across as at, at first glance, uh, you know, uh, couched in Christian terms and, and with, you know, male pronouns and a a bunch of things that sometimes people will object to. But if you can read beyond the form to the content in there, it's just a a profoundly, you know, uncompromisingly loving work that tells us that anything less than love, we're not, you know, we, we deserve better than that.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so well said. That's the perfect no, to end it on, I wonder if we should maybe in um, next time you're you're on, continue with the theme of kind of saving time tie it into it we can do it and um, your your point at the end there was was right on so bruce once again i thank you so much for being my uh, wingman and um i want to thank all the listeners out there and keep your your comments and your emails coming you can find bruce at acmblog.com his site is a wealth of information and you can always find at Jackie.news. You can email me at Jackie at Jackie.news. Bruce, we'll see you soon and bye-bye, everyone. Thanks. Have a great <laughs> Yay, you too. <laughs> bye-bye, everyone.